Hi, everybody. We are uh, going to have a conversation here today. So this is Jen and Matt talk about the Bible episode two. We realized we did episode one and we did not um, actually say anything about what we were doing. Um, so we're going to try and do that today. So we are just basically having a conversation about the, the Bible and the text that we're going to be talking about on Sunday and um, this coming Sunday. So this week is Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 11. It's Jesus' parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. Uh, I'm the one who was preaching this week. Last week when we spoke, um, Jen was the one who was preaching. And, uh, and so we're going to try to do this as much as possible every week to, to try to just kind of have some first thoughts about the text. Um, sometimes we will be in the same room. Today we are not. I'm actually in Vancouver uh, doing some work with Cyclical PCC and, uh, and Jen is back in the office in Winnipeg. A lot of snow here. Yeah, there's, is there really? Uh, well, there was a dusting of snow. I shouldn't say a lot, but it snowed last night and into the morning. It rained lots here, but it was also really nice. This morning I walked down to the um, the rose garden. There's no roses yet. There's some other flowers. That's good. Um, but yeah, it wasn't raining when I was there. So I, I took my breakfast down there and just kind of stood there and looked at the ocean and the mountains and the clouds and um, enjoyed my breakfast. It's lovely. I'm so happy. <laughs> I come back. I come back to Winnipeg tomorrow. <laughs> so, uh, do we want to read the whole story? Is that... Is that helpful? Yeah. I have a revised standard version in my hands here. If you want, I can oh, read. That's old. Is it really old? Cool. Yeah. How far am I going here? You want to read the old version? Like we normally read new revised standard version. Yeah, I don't know. I just grabbed this. It was beside me. Do you want me to read from the NIV? No, yeah. I want to read from the NRSV. Look how organized we are. This is awesome. <laughs> I don't have an NRSV next to me. Okay, so I guess I'm reading all of the Bibles, like the, the Bibles in the sanctuary and all the Bibles over on the shelf, like on the- Oh, earth. they're right there. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're all NRSVs. I'm gonna go grab one. <laughs> okay, uh, all right. Maybe I'll start reading. Then Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. And then we're not going to stop there. 
I'm gonna keep going. That seems like it's the end, but, it, but it's not. Now his elder son was in the field and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, listen, for all these years, I've been working like a slave for you and have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, son, you are always with me and all that's mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. There we go. All right. Parable of the prodigal son, the lost son. What jumps out at you, Jen? You know, what really jumps out at me um, actually is there's two things. The first one is earlier on uh, when he is uh, taking care of the feeding the pigs and it says he when he comes to himself um he realizes that like even his father's servants have enough to eat um it was this line of when he comes to himself there is this uh awakening there is this uh self-awareness um that i i know self-awareness is like a huge thing i've talked with a lot of people about lately um so that stuck out the other thing that stuck out um is later on is the brother who says, you know, like, I'm here all the time. And, you know, I, I don't ever get a celebration. And this guy squanders everything. But the father says, you're with me. And all I have is yours. Um, it made me wonder about like, for those of us who walk with Jesus for the bulk of our lives, and maybe sometimes we feel like that, are we missing the point that we actually have the opportunity to celebrate and to rejoice in the goodness that God gives on a daily basis. Um, those are the things that stuck out to me. Yeah, maybe I like that. I like that last piece too. Also the come to himself. That is kind of an interesting, he realizes the -hmm. situation he's in. Um, I think it's kind of interesting to read this text, like through the three, there's, it's like there's three main characters in this text. Like it's a shame sometimes that it's mainly called the parable of the prodigal son. Like my title um, in the Bible I'm using on my phone is the parable of the prodigal and his brother. Interesting. Um, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. But like to read it through like, oh, I'm going to look at this from the perspective of the lost son or the prodigal son. And that's kind of, I think, kind of the most common reading is to yeah. kind of we relate to that yeah. uh, character. Or then to read it through his brother, um, just kind of the last part of the parable, or then to read it through the father, yeah, uh, and to sort of see what's what's going on for the father in the in the text. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting. Kind of think about the three different ways. So I've gotten more accustomed to try to read it through the father's lens. Um, so the insult that the father gets at the beginning from his son. So to really understand that is like. The, the the younger son comes and says, give me my the share of the property that will belong to me or my inheritance, other translations. Yeah. And the son is basically saying like, 
hurry up and die. I want yeah, what's right. Like, Ouch. I, want, I want now what I should get when you're dead. Yeah. So that I can leave. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and the father does it, which is kind of maybe surprising. Um, and then the other critical piece that I've, that always now jumps out for me and has for maybe the last 10 years or so, maybe longer, um, is that when the son decides to go back and he sets out, there's the line, um, uh, set off and went to his father. Uh, yeah. So verse 20. So he set off and went to his father. So he's decided, he's come to himself. He's decided, I'm going to go back. I'm going to say, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands so that I can just work. He can survive. And then it says, but while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. And he ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. And so I think that's like this beautiful image of God where like the son actually hasn't, the son has decided to return. But in this story, the father actually doesn't really know that. He sees him a long way off, shuffling along the road. He has no idea what his son is going to say to him. And he right. still runs to him immediately and just throws his arms around him. I also think it's fascinating that there's like, there's no, the father at no point in the story says to his son, oh, I forgive you. Or I accept your apology. Yeah, that's very interesting because he, Clearly his actions suggest that the damage done, like maybe there's down the road, some conversation that has to happen, but ultimately what trumps that is my son is alive again. And so this love is just so overwhelming. Right. Well, and the son confesses, like he still says what he's going to say, like his, his dad. Does he like, kind of just ignore that? He's like, whatever, go get the... Yeah. Go get him the right. best robe and the ring and sandals on his feet. Like he's not a slave, like whatever. He's my son. Yeah. And he doesn't even address the son. Like yeah. this, at that point, like he's just embraced him. And then the son confesses and the father just goes and talks to the, to the servants and yeah. says, okay, like make yeah, the party, like make the party preparation. Yeah. He's like still hugging the son. He's like, you, you come go get this and that and bring it here. And like, let's dress him. And, Right. It's a slightly beautiful and chaotic little moment. Yeah. Well, and it's sort of like if you follow through the the father in the story. Yeah. Um, so it's it's like he's heartbroken initially. His son is gone. Yeah. And um, and it's like his son is dead, and now his, his son is back to life. Mm -hmm. uh, and then his heart breaks again with the older brother. Right, so the older brother talks to the talks to the servant, gets really mad, and refuses to go into the party. Right, right? and I just kind of feel like, and then we get, um, like the father doesn't say when he realizes his old his older son isn't coming to the party. The father doesn't say, "Well, forget him; he doesn't understand what's going on. Let's uh, let's have the party." He still so has he, that compassion for him as he well. He leaves the party. Right, his father came out and began to plead with him, like, "Oh, like, come on, like, come on in." He's he's inviting him, but he says, "I just, you know, I can't do it or whatever." Um, and then there's the reassurance that the father gives to the older son: "You're always with me. All that is mine is yours." 
but we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, and, and it ends there. We don't actually know, <laughs> like, does the older, does the older son go into the party? We I guess that's uh, one of those create your own endings. Well, and so that also begs the question, like, who are we supposed to relate to in the story? Yeah. Is it the younger son? Is it the father? Or maybe it's actually the older son that we're supposed to relate to because that's where it ends. And the yeah. question is like, this might relate to Jesus as well. Cause Jesus is like speaking primarily to a fairly kind of religious crowd probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's giving like good news to those who are excluded at the same time as delivering sort of this biting news to the religious authorities and yeah. he's saying to the religious authorities like you're invited you can come join the party we're having and but they're they're still standing on the outside saying oh we can't we can't come in and celebrate with you know, sinners and gentiles and <laughs> all those people like forget it um mm. But they but they do have the choice. They can they can join the the Jesus party. Yeah. Right. That's a that's a really good point. I also like how the uh, um, how the older brother says um, <laughs> to his father, "When this son of yours came back, he's no brother of mine." Right. And then the father turns that around and says, um, but we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come back to life. <laughs> that's, I actually, I really, really do like that. That's, that's such a good reminder um, for us as humans that when we think there is the this um, us and them perspective that you see creep up in all sorts of ways to be reminded that in creation, like we are all Christ. And um, I think that's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, it can be easy too to say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's all God's children. Sure, yeah, okay. But like, I actually have a real problem with what those people are doing. Yeah. Um, and to be reminded, oh, well, if we're actually all God's children, that means we're brothers and sisters. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're supposed to be in relationship with one another. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else in here that we kind of think is something we need to, to pull out? Uh, I don't know. I really, I don't know. Like, I really like that. Um, I'd be interested to know if you were to find anything more or on that initial point I, I kind of had about, um, like, are we missing out that we can actually celebrate should we have celebration in our lives when we're the older brother right. on a regular basis? Right. Um, because I think often we, you know, we move through life and we try our best and we think, okay, well, I got to stay on, you know, I'm trying to do right by God's word. And I think, I think God would say to us, Hey, you know, I meant for it to be a lot more fun. than." <laughs> Like, let's celebrate, let's have fun. Let's let's uh, be joyful. Um, doesn't have to be so hard right now. I wonder too, if like that, that moment in the story, um, like where he says, 
or the father says, everything I have is yours. I don't know. Like the older son is kind of saying like, I've always worked for you and you've never given me anything. Yeah. And the father is reminding him, well, actually like I already gave half the inheritance to the younger son. Like there's only your inheritance left. Like you actually have everything. Mm. And so, so you're actually son, you are actually the, the, the other host of this party that we're throwing for your younger brother. Like, That's interesting. like not just come and join the party that I'm throwing for the, for the younger son, because you're your brothers and you should get on board with that party. But also right. like, you should, you should be on board with throwing the party. Like you, you're you awesome. actually have everything and you should be part of this. Like come and yeah. Yeah. You know, I just put, I just put a ring on, on your brother's finger and that actually was part of your inheritance, but I'm in control of it right now. So, mm. but you should get on board with the idea of like giving more to him. That's, that's a cool point. You should explore that more. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah. I like, I like those. I really like this theme of celebrate. Yeah, I think that's good. Like I, I mean, that's been talked about before. I wonder too, like there's for sure like we might gravitate more towards this too because we're churchy people. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things that I want to be careful of is that um, like we might gravitate toward the older son only because like, oh yeah, that's that's a message that we need to hear as people who are are kind of often connected into the church. Mm-hmm. But there, I think there is a fundamental message that the people who experience what the prodigal son actually goes through need to absolutely like yeah for sure because that's a it's grace immeasurable if you've ever wronged somebody even on a small scale and you're met with grace it's it's humbling and it's um it's wonderful um and to be like this you know far gone as the prodigal son to come back and to you know, if I can just at least have, you know, secured life and some shelter and enough food to eat and I don't starve, I don't care about, you know, receiving it, you know, being at that level of in the family, mm-hmm. but God's like, nope, you're in the family. Deal with it. Yeah, absolutely. Here's your ring. Okay. This was, this was fun. I think we should yeah. stop there. I think that's we'll, great. We'll see what happens after this. Okay. Thanks, Jen. This was great. You're welcome. Have an awesome day and bye everybody. Uh, Um, See you guys Sunday.